0: Forgive us for quenching the Holy Spirit. Forgive us for grieving him, God, on today. And we just ask that you have your way. We thank you, God, for everything that you have already done for us through your son, Jesus Christ. So we humbly submit ourself unto you today. Because you said you resist the proud, but you give grace unto the humble. And God, we thank you and we praise you, God. And we thank you that it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise on today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. I'm just going to go back over what we went over before, and God is still adding some to it. How about that? Amen. I give God glory because the more you go back through what God has given you, the more God add to what he has given you. And this is what God does not do. When God know that you don't have revelation on what he has given you, why is he going to give you more? He want the word to be revealed to you. He want it to be illuminated. He want light to come from the word. And the more light you get from the word, the more of the word you want. So God said, you ready for more. Amen. So I'm going to go back and read. Let me start here with uh proverbs 23 7 let's start there no matter where I start I'm end up in the same place nope thank you Holy Ghost go to 2 corinthians 517 this is just a reminder look at your neighbor and say this is a reminder, is a reminder. don't get offended like you know hallelujah second Corinthians 517. Let's hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say through this. Amen. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The Word of God said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You may be seated. And I'm still talking on, I'm, I'm putting it all in one, but the last time we talked, it says becoming what you think, becoming what you think. And all of this come from knowing him as father. It's coming from knowing your new identity. So all of it is fitting together. But I went back to second Corinthians five seventeen to help all of us to understand that we do have a new identity. Your identity is not in you. It is in Christ. This is what you got to understand. Now that you're born again, now that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your life is not based upon you no more. Your life is based upon Christ. Let me say this again. Your life is not based upon you no more. Your life is based upon Christ. When we recognize our new identity that we have in him, We will quit living the old life that we used to have. See, that new identity lets you know that old sin nature, the old man has died. The old man that drove you, that compelled you to sin, died. Now you have a new spirit, a new nature on the inside of you which comes from God. You have the spirit of the living God on the inside of you. This is why we have to be able to recognize and be able to know that that old man that drove us and compelled us to sin, that that old nature is what helped us to see that we needed a savior. This old nature, this is why God did... Um, the Ten Commandments, this is why he taught them his way of doing things because he knew if he taught them his way of doing things, the old nature that's in them would turn them away from God's way of doing things. So the law is good. The law is what brings you to Jesus, to Christ. But when you get born again, you no longer under the letter. You're under the Spirit of God. So when you're trying to do something to please somebody, you're going back to the law. And this is why you got to know your new identity to know that Jesus fulfilled the law. He did not do away with the law, but he fulfilled the law. When you were a sinner, this is what was happening. When the commandment said, do not steal or do not lie, do not commit adultery, when the commandment told you not to do it, that old nature in you was driving you to do what God command told you not to do. But God used that to let them know and to recognize Adultery, he let them recognize sin. The law came for them to recognize something that they thought was not sin. Let me break it down for you. People that have not accepted Jesus Christ, they think fornication, they think adultery is okay. They think that's the way you should live. They think that you should shack up and it's okay and still serve God. That's a lie. From the pit of hell. See, when you got that old nature in you that's compelling you, it's compelling you to do what God has told you not to do. And the more a person tell you not to fornicate, not to commit adultery, the more the old nature rises up and say, do it, do it, do it. The the next question is, then why are saved folks still doing it? Because they're not in the place that they need to be with God. Oh, I'm going somewhere. Why are saved folks still doing what Christ died for? Because you don't know who you are. Number two, it could be that you haven't really accepted him for your Lord and Savior. Because when you know who you are, are you beginning to know who you are? When you begin to do these acts, these sins, guess what you're going to do? You're going to cry out and say, I don't want this. This is not what I want to do. This is not who I am. You're going to call somebody to help you. You're going to go for counseling. You're going to get into your word more. You're going to stop hanging out with who you hanging out with. You're going to begin to cut things off and say, I love him more than I love sin. God hates sin and I cannot participate in sin. But if you say you are born again and you keep doing it and it don't bother you and it becomes natural, you ain't truly accepted Jesus. Uh uh-uh. No, I'm breaking it down. You can't truly accept him when you're not turning. When you truly accept him, you will fall. But you're going to get up and you're going to turn from what you're doing because the Holy Spirit is convicting you of Righteousness. You have the spirit of God in you and you ain't going to continue to be lying and stealing and and hating your brother and sister because you know it's wrong. And you got a nudging in you that says that ain't right. Go apologize. Come on, somebody. When you're truly in Christ, you do not live in unforgiveness. You don't hate your brother. You, Christian folks, some Christian folks, this ain't normal for you. Because if you've been in tradition so long, tradition lets you live like you live long as you do what they want you to do. That's law. The Bible said the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. If you are in a church and you part of the body of Christ and you're up under somebody that's tolerating sin, you need to run for your life. If you're up under somebody to say, well, that's how they were and that's how we accept it. I don't accept sin because my father don't accept sin. I'm going to lead you, lead you in the way of righteousness according to the word of God because I don't want you to die in your sin. No, it's not acceptable. I ain't here to give you no feel-good pill. I'm here to uproot what's laying deep within that people are telling you it's all right. It is not all right. It's never been all right. Because over 2,000 years ago, my Savior hung on the cross. And when the darkness came in upon him, God was putting his wrath on him for every sin that would ever be committed. It fell upon Jesus. That's why he looked up and said, it is finished. I took everything for you. So why would we live contrary? Somebody in the good book. If he took it, why would I live contrary to what my Savior done for me? Nobody want to answer that one. Because we want to live... Like we want to live and say it's okay. See, this is what the enemy is out there doing. Since this pandemic, false teachers, false prophets have entered social media. They have gotten a platform. They're doing worldly things on the platform and still using Jesus. And people are following those platforms and enjoying it because they feel like I can still go shake a tail feather and I can still serve Jesus. If you ain't shaking a tail feather for the Holy Ghost, you ain't serving Jesus. Somebody need to bring correction. And when you get in it too long, you become a part of it and it become normal to you. And you know why? Because you don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You done quenched him. The fire of God that's burning on the inside of you. It's not burning. Just like those ten virgins. Five was wise. Five was foolish. The wise had oil in their lamp. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. They were waiting for the bridegroom to come. The five that was foolish, they had a little bit of oil. Okay, but when the bridegroom came, there was no all. They want to take from the five that was wise. They said, go get your all. See, all of them was together. It looked as if they were on one accord. It looked as if all of them knew Jesus, knew the bridegroom. But when they started crying out, the bridegroom is coming, the bridegroom is coming, they went to light their lamp. It was no all. That means the Holy Spirit wasn't there. The Holy Spirit. He's the one that seals you and identify you with God. So if the Holy Spirit wasn't there, he didn't know him. They went and knocked on the door. He opened the door, but he couldn't let him in. He shut the door. You got many people that's around here saying, Lord, Lord, that's living any kind of way. When you know my God, you can't live any kind of way. You can't say what you used to say. You can't act like you used to act. You ain't going the same place as you used to go. Because everywhere the soles of your feet tread. you supposed to possess the land. Not be a part of it. Ooh, there that is. is. supposed to go in. And bring change. Y'all I ain't even got there yet. Because let me tell you something. I love the Lord so much. And the reason why I love him because he first loved me. I had to learn about him first loving me before I can even love him. I had to learn about his love so I can love all of you in spite of how you feel about me or how I feel about you. I don't go on my feeling. I go on what the word of God says and I crucify my flesh. To do what God want me to do outside of how I feel. And I don't do it with the wrong motive. I don't do it because the word tell me to do it. I do it because that's who I am in him. And he is the word. I don't do things with the wrong motive. Because when you do it with the wrong motive. You might as well not do it. Because you think you looking good. That's why you are doing it. It ain't about you looking good. It's about who you are in him. People do things because they want to be seen, they want to be heard, they want to be attached to, they want people to know, I'm the boss. You bow down to me. Come on, let's look at this. Let's look at what's going on. People in the world today don't want low position. They want high position. They don't want to start out low for God to build them up to the top. They want the highest position there is. The Bible tells you when you go into a place, you take the lowest seat. Why? Because when they ask you to come forward, that's when you come up to the high seat. You don't just go in there and say, I'm sitting here because you got a title in your name. Y'all, please. You don't just think just because you got a title, you can get the highest seat, y'all. You don't do that. But when you know who you are in him, you ain't looking at title. Title is put there to let people know respect whom I have over you. But that title don't put you over God. But as long as you know who you are in him, everything always works out for the good. Because he is a good, good father. We always take the lowest seats. We don't try to say, this is who I am. This is where I need to be. Y'all, let me tell you something. God is just so, so good. My husband and his sister, um, their cousin was buried yesterday and we went to the funeral and in line lining up me, and my husband, it didn't matter where I was or, or where they want to put me. I'm just there. I'm there because of the family, because of my husband. It's not about me. It's all about God and what God wants. So me and my husband standing outside waiting to line up with the family. And I'm hearing my name called loud. I'm like, why are you calling my name? Why, why are you calling my name? Because I'm here just to be a part of what's going on with the family. Let me tell you something. Me and my husband was in the back, but she pulled us from the back and moved us over here on the side. I didn't ask for it. What am I telling you? When you are in him, God puts you where he wants you to be, not you trying to put yourself where you want to be. Because when you represent him, come on, everywhere you go, it's about him and it's never about you. It wasn't about me reading no scripture. It wasn't about me preaching to anybody. It was about me being humble enough to say, God, here I am. When we get over us and title, God can move in your life. When you want people to see your title and you ain't spending time with God, that title don't mean a hill of beans, as old people would say. Because God can't use you. So what God is saying today is, therefore, if any man, come on, He said any man, He ain't leave nobody out. If any man be in, so you got to be in Christ. Old things—the only way old things pass away, the old nature—is for you being born again. Being in Christ, all things pass away. Behold, all things become new. So now you have a new life in Christ. Now we are one spirit with him. We are joined unto him. We're joined unto the Lord. As he is, so are we in this world. Everything he has, we has. Our father cannot deny us because we're in him. Now, I want you to understand this. Your father cannot deny you because you're in him. That's why you end your prayers in Jesus' name. Because it ain't about you. It's all about his son. His son is the one that redeemed us. His son is what brought redemption to us. You could not even pay the price for yourself. So why are you trying to fix your life when he's already fixed it? You just need to know what he's done and live according to what he's done. Look at your neighbor say, quit trying to fix me. Say, so you can't fix what God has already fixed. Say, so what's wrong with you? we always trying to fix somebody. We're always trying to tell somebody what they should do or how they should do it. If you ain't telling them according to the word, hush. Everything had to be in alignment with this word. When I first accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, the next thing I wanted was this dear man over here to be just like me. I bothered him every time I could bother him. You need to be saved. You need to serve Jesus. You need to quit doing this and you need to quit doing that. But the more I got into the word of life, I fell in love with the man that was above that man. And I could care less what he did or how he did it. I knew I had to get me in a place. And when I got in the place that I need to be and the fruit start coming from me, this man stood before me and he said, what? must I do to be saved I'm like what what I didn't even know how to minister salvation because I was so in love with another man I love this man But I fell so deep in love with God, I left this man to himself and said, God, deal with me, and the light that was shining for me was shining so bright, he wanted to be a part of it, because guess what it did? It took over the darkness that was in him, and darkness couldn't do nothing but bow down to the... Ooh, y'all, 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 y'all. So how can you tell somebody in your house to live right when you're living like a heathen? A heathen can't tell another heathen to live like God and you're living like a heathen. That's right, heathen. That's a sinner. That's a Gentile. How can I tell my husband to quit doing something and I'm still doing it? How can you tell somebody about Christ with your foul mouth? How can you tell your children not to cuss, not to fornicate, and you dipping and sneaking out? Come on, somebody but you're telling them about Jesus, but you ain't living according to Jesus. I'm grown. Do what I say. Don't do what I do. You ain't been in the word. Follow me. That's what the word says. As I follow Christ. And you know what they're going to say? How can I follow you when you ain't following Christ? We're trying to teach people the way of the Lord and we don't even know his way ourselves. We pray actors. We're playing the part. Oh, I love Jesus. He's so good. He's changed me. Then you go home and cuss your husband out. The devil is a lie. So my new life in Christ should represent him. Check this out, y'all. Your life in Christ is not representing you. It's representing him. Remember the illustration that I gave? That my life is hidden in Christ. And remember I had... Come on back up here, lovely couple, Rick and Patricia. I have to use Ricky because he's so tall. Y'all take y'all positions. Okay. If my life is hidden in Christ, Ricky's representing Christ, they don't see Patricia. They see Christ. So everywhere she go, they should see him and not her. So when we know who we are in him, they're going to always see him. They're not going to see us because everything that he done, he done on our behalf. So when I go to the father, I'm going to him not on my behalf, but I'm going to him based on what Jesus done on my behalf. That means when I go to my father, I'm going to my father knowing what I already have in, oh y'all, I'm going to my father knowing what I already have in Christ. I'm already healed, I'm already delivered, I'm already set free, I'm already prosperous. So when I go to God, I already know what I have. I'm going to Him to say, give me what belonged to me. I command my healing. I command my deliverance. I command my peace. I command my joy. I command it because it's mine, and it's mine because of Him, and not because of me. So I accept it right now in Jesus' name. So God is opening the floodgates of heaven... And say, baby, here's what belongs to you. Take it. He cannot withhold nothing from those who walk upright. Did y'all hear that? If you're upright in him, nothing will be withheld from you. But there's another part of this. I use Jamie and Kim for this. But I'm going to let these two stay up here for this one. Let's say... Patricia is not in the word the way she need to be. And let's say somebody come at Patricia. Come on, Athea. (laughs) Athea is a good one. I have to use Athea because she just get wrecked. Let me tell y'all something. When we do these things, we do them as part of a skit. It does not mean Athea has changed, but guess what? Sometimes the junk that was in your trunk You can bring back up that jump, can't you? Come on, Athea. Where's your mic? No, no, don't you move, Ricky. Look, look. (laughs) Can you give Athea a mic, please? Hallelujah, anyhow. I see you hiding behind your husband. You always hide behind your husband. Come on out from behind your husband. You got a mouth. Come out. There you go. There you go. Now I can see you. I don't want to see him. I want to see you. I remember when you used to hula hoop. I saw how you were hula hooping in here. Uh-huh. Gyrating everything. Uh-huh. And you saved, right? Ain't Mary No, you were gyrating like that in the backyard. You didn't know it, did you, ain't Mary? It was in them. Still is. Probably just a little older. You probably still do it. Come on out a little bit further so I can see you. There you go. There you go. Step out just a little bit. Now come up a little bit. All the way. Come on. Come on. Come up a little bit more. more. Okay. That's where I want you at right there. You're a perfect target. Thank you so much. Okay. Look how easy Thanks Patricia. You acted that very well. Look how easy she come out. Look how easy she come out of her position. Have a seat. We're going to get there. Thank you all. Do you see how easy the enemy tempted her? It was too easy. Too easy. Why was it that easy for her to come out? Because for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. The enemy's job is understand this. When we go back to the Garden of Eden, they had everything that they needed in him. God did not even put man in that garden until he fixed everything the way it needed to be for man. That's just how much he loves us. But the enemy knew, they got authority over everything. And the only way for me to take this from them is to get in their mind is to tempt them, is to mess them up. So I'm going to use the very thing that God told them not to do. That's what I'm going to use against them. And I'm going to use the woman against the man. This is broken marriage. Broken marriage. Broken marriage. God wanted man, male and female to come together to replenish the earth, to have dominion over the earth, but they could not come together, not less they were one, and that's in marriage. It's right here in the beginning. God started out with one. He started out with one body. Woman was in that one body. They were already one flesh. God did not pull her out from him until he said he need a help meet. To walk alongside of him. So God had to put him to sleep. And say this ain't going to be your doing. It's going to be mine. I'm going to give you who you need. Not who you think you need. But she's going to come from you. One. One. So guess what the devil did. I'm going to break that oneness. Because it's father, son and holy spirit. They are three, they are a trinity, but they are, it's one God and three persons. Look at God. But they come together, one. So the enemy say, I'm going to break what God want to do. A marriage is a covenant, people. And the enemy is coming at marriages because he want to break that oneness and he use what he can to come against it. So what did, what did the devil do? He said, I'm going to get into this woman's head. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you think you don't have everything God said you have. I'm getting somewhere as a man think. So is he, so does he become. I'm going to make you feel as if everything God say you have, you don't have. So what did he do? He went on what God told her have. God really said you shall not eat from that tree. So what he was doing, he was casting doubt in her mind. Did God really say, Eve, did he really say you healed Teresa? Did he really say, Teresa, that you are healed, that I have healed all your broken hearts? hearts? If, if you were really healed, Teresa, why is your heart still broken in the places? Did God really say he has come to heal your broken heart? Then why is your heart still broken? That's what he did to Eve. So then when Eve set her eyes on the same tree God told her not to eat from, then Eve began to see what the devil wanted her to see. And she ate, and she offered it to her husband and there go division the right there. So this is what I'm saying for as a man thinketh in his heart. That was easy for Patricia. She was following instructions. That's because the enemy had to be playing on her mind for a long time. And it didn't take her long to do what he wanted her to do. That's called temptation. He put a man or woman before you. I'm going, y'all, I always talk about this. He put some, let me use a piece of cake. Cause some of y'all shaking in your boots. He put a piece of cake or chop the chip cookie before you just put it together. Okay. And you know you don't supposed to have that cake nor that chocolate chip cookie. You know how it affects your body. But every time you turn around, the cake is on a commercial, the chocolate chip cookie on a commercial. You go to the mall and there it is. It's following you everywhere you go. You go in the grocery store and they have a display, two for five chocolate chip cookies. Lord have mercy. Everywhere you go, it's a temptation. For you to grab hold. But guess what? You're seeing it, but you ain't casting it down. Getting somewhere. The cookie and the cake is everywhere. But the thoughts that's coming to tell you if you eat just one, it won't affect you. One won't hurt you. You didn't cast that thought down. So you go past the chocolate chip cookies. You may go past the cake that time. But it kept building up. Every time you turn around, you were seeing it. But you never done nothing with the thought. The thought kept coming. If you just eat one, it won't hurt you. By the time you get to a place of the chocolate chip cookie, you in a restaurant with your friends. Golden Corral. And you go back and they have some big chocolate chip cookies. And you said, I can just eat one. One ain't going to hurt me. And that's the big one. It ain't the little one that's in the pack no more. You went deep. You ate the big one. Now you're going home and in a diabetic coma. Because it was already built up in your mind. Anything that's built up in your mind, get in your heart and you think it's okay. You don't think that it's a problem no more because the enemy doesn't build up a wall. He built up a wall of resistance. So when we're hidden in him and we know we're hidden in him, we just don't come out because somebody tell us to come out or they want to be our friend or they telling us what they want us to hear. No, that's why we have to develop our relationship by going into the word of God, not being conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Then we will know, be able to prove what the good and acceptable will of God is for our lives. And if you're not going into the word of God to get changed and transformed, you already out from being hidden with Christ you already out as a target the enemy can put anything before you and you accept good for evil and evil for good you don't know the difference no more because you staying out not in him you're doing it your way and not God's way we got a lot of people that don't even know their position so they're walking around like I know When you know you won't be falling for the same trap. And let me tell y'all something that I have noticed. When you go through the word of God, who do y'all hear about the most in the word, women or men, that's seductive? Women. Y'all didn't hear it? Women. Who do they want to stone first when they bought the woman? The men brought the woman to Jesus, and they probably slept with her them them, themselves. But back in the day, a woman was considered a harlot, right? Prostitute. Come on, read Proverbs 6 and 7, 5, 6, and 7. It talks about how a woman will lure a man in. And you know how women lure men in? Being nice. Being saved, sanctified, talking about Jesus. I know him. I know him too. How long you been saved? Do not let nobody use your kindness for your weakness, baby. The enemy uses us. He got to have a flesh body to use us to turn us away from God. Y'all didn't know that? He used material things. He used people. He watch you. He know your weakness. Even when you ain't saying nothing, he know how you look and who get on your nerves. When they say something, he'd be like, oh, she on my nerves. She getting on his nerves. So let's work her nerves with him. Let's whisper in his ear. Let's bring back stuff to entice these things, to tempt them to do what God don't want them to do. So he's going to watch you. That's what you call Oppressing. He's oppressing you. He know your weakness. That's why in order to stay hidden in him, you have to look into the spiritual mirror, which is the word of God. Knowing that you are a spiritual being, you, you don't walk in the flesh. And the word is what keeps you from walking fleshly. It keeps you in him and who you are in him. So what am I saying Today? You just didn't do what you did overnight. It was already there. And the enemy knew when to bring it out. But God sends warnings. He sends warnings through you being taught. That's why the enemy don't want you to come into fellowship. Because he want to keep you all to himself. That's why sometimes he say, you don't need to go this Sunday. Just tell him you're not going to be there. Oh, you don't need to be in Bible study. You're too tired. Just stay home. Why? Because he's setting you up. He don't want you to hear the good news concerning the kingdom because that good news is going to bring you light. It's going to expel the darkness. It's going to bring you life and not death. So he's telling you, you don't need to hear that. They're saying the same thing. So just go ahead and stay home. And the reason why, because you a target. He's using you to say, Lord, Lord, but he know you don't know him. You know about him, but you don't know him because I can make you fall into that trap. The enemy sets a trap. And that trap that is set, he already know what he's doing to try to get us to fall and to stumble. And when we fall, y'all did not know, if I don't get myself right, being that we're one, I mess up the whole house. Oh, y'all didn't know? Because if he's trying to live the way he need to live, and I think I'm living more righteously than him, and I'm stepping out of place with who I am in him, guess what? The house going to be messed up. Because I want him to do what I want to do, even though it's wrong. And that's because I'm not in the word the way he's in the word. So I'm trying to tell him this is what the Word say, but I have no revelation coming from that word. But what I'm saying sounds right, but it ain't right. And he know it ain't right. So he's trying to live that righteous life. He's fasting, he's praying, he's asking God what to do, how do I need to do it? And God ain't going to let him set his hands to something I'm doing that's opposite of him because he would be bringing that in the house as well. If that's what you choose to do, that's not what I'm going to do. So what am I saying? For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. So what we have to do is make sure we're coming into alignment with the word of God. So we're hidden in him. My life is hidden in Christ. So every day I get up, I have to say, God, what are you saying my life is hidden in you? As I am, so are you in this world. You're joined unto me. God sees me. He don't see you. Get to know who you are in me and you can live that life in Christ. Get Everything about him is written here. So if I learn about him, I'm going to live my life according to him. I'm going to live my life according to the word because he is the word. So if you're not getting in the word, you are still living up under the law. You are still trying to make things right with God based on you coming to church, based on you paying your tithes, based on you doing this or doing that. But God said your good works ain't going to get you in. So what we have to do, we have to base our life based on what Jesus done. So God began to show me some people in the Bible. He took me back. Let's go to Joshua, the sixth chapter. Let me tell you what the Lord showed me. It was so good. And it's still talking about becoming what you think. And the enemy want to set up strongholds in our minds. Now, y'all, once he get a stronghold in your mind due to your way of thinking, a stronghold is a fortress that's in your mind, that keep you locked up in your mind, and it's hard to come out. The only way you can come out and be set free is the truth. Knowing the truth is what brings you out of that stronghold. Let's look at Joshua, the sixth chapter, and verse one. I want y'all to catch this. This is what this says. Now Jericho was greatly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Now let me explain that. God had given the Israelites Jericho. Jericho belonged to them. Okay. We have the mind of Christ. The mind that we have is Christ's mind, but that's in the spirit. Remember I gave you three part being spirit, soul, and body. Everything you need is right here in your spirit. This is a part of you that the enemy cannot touch. It is sealed through the Holy Ghost through the day of redemption right? Your spirit, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotion is what the enemy is after. The enemy can take things in dealing with your thoughts and your mind, your emotions, and your will. This is what he messed with. Even though you say you know what God is telling you not to do, we have those commandments telling us what not to do, but we have to connect with the spirit which is the life in us to help us not to carry out what the enemy desires for us to do. The body is just a shell that you're in. So until you make a connection with the spirit, you're going to live any kind of way opposite to who you are. People are not going to see the real you because you don't know who you are. So it said that Jericho was shut up, meaning that none could go in and none can come out. Let me break this down to you. If you have a stronghold, A fortress in your mind. No one can get to you and you can't even get to them. Even though I'm giving you the word of God, that stronghold is so tight that you hear in truth, but the truth ain't penetrating to bring you out of that stronghold. That Y'all better grab this. To bring you out of the stronghold you're in because you have thought this way for so long. Even though I'm telling you the truth, I'm a liar to you. Let me say it again. Let me read it again. Jericho was so straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Now I want to explain this. The people in Jericho knew that the Israelites had more authority and power over them. The enemy know that Jesus took away his right. And we are born again, so he knows you got dominion over me. But I got you so shut up in your mind that you can't even use what you got. So I done took a place in your mind that you can't even get healed, even though the power's there to heal you. Let me do it again. Jericho is your mind. Your mind is so tightly shut up with what you believed from the enemy, which was a lie because you didn't know the truth because you ain't been in it. That the enemy has made it where you can't come out and nobody can come in. So even as your pastor, if I'm giving you truth, you think I'm coming against you. You think I'm lying. Because you choose to believe a lie a long time ago and you did not allow the word to root up that lie. So when somebody come to you and say something about me or somebody else, it's true to you because that's what you believed all that time. I'm going to do this again because it's going to be a breaking in here. Jericho was so tightly closed up because of the Israelites. Jericho knew that they could defeat them. The enemy, know you can defeat him. But he said, I had to use something on you. He didn't start yesterday. He started when you were in the womb. The enemy knew your weaknesses when you were in the world. So he said, even when you go over to God, even if you have a fear of sickness, it's going to come with you even though you're born again if you ain't renewing your mind, people. So you so strictly shut up in your mind that even when somebody is loving you, when God put a man in your life to love you the way Christ loved the church, you can't even accept that love because you've been so battered and beat by other men that you can't, you pushing them away. And they're saying, what can I do to love this woman? I'm doing all I can do. I want to hold her, but she pushed me away. I want to take her special places, but she said, I don't want to go. That's because that woman mind is so strictly shut up with confusion, with not being loved, with not being accepted. So they put a wall up and say, uh-uh, I'm not putting my guard down because you're going to hurt me like somebody else hurt me. Your thinking is stinking thinking. So they're not being reached. This is what was happening. The devil know you have power. He know you have authority over him. But guess what? He's not going to allow you to. Because he doesn't come into your thoughts. So guess what? Look at your neighbor and say, now is your time to be delivered right where you sit. If you want to be delivered. Do y'all believe right where you sitting? You can be delivered right now if you want to be delivered. You can be delivered right where you sit in your mind if you want to be delivered. True that. True that, will? So I'm gonna say, wake up. Your deliverance is now. Wake up. Your deliverance is now. If you are tired of being tormented in your mind with different situations with the way you thinking, it's time for you to be delivered from that stronghold. This is why people can't reach you. This is why you're so suspicious. This is why you going through some challenges in your life because you looking at people like they're wrong all the time when that ain't the case. And if they are wrong, you wouldn't know the difference because you're so shut up in your mind. But listen at what the Lord said. Oh, the Lord is always on time. Y'all, the Lord love us. He loves you so much because he's bringing this. Listen what he said. And the Lord said unto Joshua, hold it right there. I'm your Joshua today. All right, See, God had to have someone that he can trust with you. God had to have someone he can trust with you to bring what he want need to be said unto you for you to be delivered from the stronghold in your mind. Oh, yeah, I feel a breaking. The enemy don't want it, but I feel a breaking. Some of you don't even know you got strongholds in your mind because you've been like that for so long. You think it's normal. You think it's God telling you to do what you do, but it ain't. It ain't normal, people. Quit trying to line something up with the word when God is saying, you got to come out of this stronghold. The Lord said to Joshua, he needs somebody he can speak to, to give his direction to the church. Amen. That's why he created the fivefold. He said to Joshua, Teresa's like, come on, apostle, come on, come on, Pastor, It's getting good, Pastor, come on. And the Lord said unto Joshua, see. Hmm. I want y'all to see. I have given into thine hand, Jericho. Wait a minute. Remember it said Jericho was strictly shut up. So guess what he was doing? Here come your renewing process. When you get into the word, God wants you to see something. If you're going through in your body and you're going in the word and God saying, I want you to see this by Jesus scribes, you were healed. It's nothing you have to do to get it. Jesus already got it for you. So I want you to let healing come down upon you right now. Oh, there it is. Somebody should have got it. (laughs) Remember, Jericho was the place that was so tightly closed up. But God could come in and he began to speak. He said, Joshua... Tell them, I want them to see that I have given Jericho to them. You got to see, you got to know that God has given you all power. He's given you resurrected power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you. He said, I want you to see it. I want you to know it. I want you to know you got the authority and the power over everything that's in your life that's bringing affliction to you or your family. You got authority over that. You got it. He's giving you the right to reign and rule on this. Will you quit praying to God about your mountain and speak to it? God, I'm so tired. I don't feel like I'm making another fault. I'm so tired of these people on this job, Lord. I'm just so tired. I'm so tired of my husband. I'm so tired of my wife. And these youngins too. Lord, I'm just too tired to be tired. God ain't hearing that. Can you imagine God to say, and I'm tired of your whining. <laughs> Thank God I'm Jehovah God that I look past you <laughs> and see Jesus. <laughs> I'm just so tired of your whining. <laughs> Willie. I can mess with Willie like that. Y'all, I can mess with Willie. Willie, why can I mess with you? And why else can I mess with you? He don't know yet. When he figure it out, when he figure it out, we'll let you know. You know why else I can mess with Willie and he probably ain't even figured it out yet. Because he know I ain't going to harm him. Hmm. And the Lord said unto Joshua, see, I have given unto you and unto thine hand Jericho. Listen at this, y'all. He gave Jericho, but he's breaking it down. And the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. God said, now, I'm going to break it down to you. You got the city of Jericho, but you got the king that's ruling it. Unless you bind the strong man, you don't spoil none of his house. Unless you know what's ruling that house and get that, everything else in that house is going to still be out of order. That's why you have the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, what's going on with my daughter? What's going on with my son? What's going on in this house? Something just ain't right. What is the root of what's going on? So he told him, I have given Jericho in your hand. I've given you Jericho, the king. I have given you all the the mighty men. I have given all this to you. That's the first thing that God want us to know. Let's go back to Genesis. When God created man, first thing he said, let us create man in our image and in our likeness. That means we were going to be spiritual beings. Then he goes on to say, let them have dominion. Going right back to Jericho. You have rights. You have dominion to rule and reign over anything that's in your life that's not of God. God has given you the right to tell it you're not welcome here. So he gave, he told them, he said, I want you to... They have to see that they have Jericho before they even go into Jericho. I want them to see that I have given them Jericho. Remind them that I said everywhere the soles of your feet shall tread. You shall possess that land. What land have you thought that you could not possess because it looked like everything is broke loose on that land. Come on, let's just use our household. You get one thing going well, your money, right? You have it. You can go in the store and not even look at a price tag and put it on the, as daddy said, county. You can put it up there and pay for it. No problem. And you feel good. You ain't worrying about you have to miss a bill to do it. Have we got there yet? Woo! We ain't worrying about it because we we got that land. But then when it come to your body and one pain just shoots across you, the first thing the enemy is say, heart attack. That's a heart attack pain. Then you leave it alone. You don't do nothing with it. Turn on the TV. If you having a pain, it could be a heart attack. Turn off the TV trying to trust God. And then the devil say, I told you it was a heart attack. Then you go sit with your mate. And then the mate say, you know, I was reading an article and it said something about a shooting pain could be a heart attack. Oh, Jesus. So you try to bear through, and then all of a sudden, ain't nothing. One pain is two, three, four pain shooting. Now I shooting like crazy. Well, dang, now my mate is saying I could be having a heart attack. Then you be praying, by Jesus Christ, I am healed. By Jesus Christ, I am healed. Oh, Lord, Jesus Christ, I'm healed. Jesus Christ, I'm healed. Jesus Christ, I'm healed. So you get calm just a little bit. Then you turn back on a show that you like on Lifetime, and it's going well, and you're smiling. Then they pop up and say, well, where's your wife? Well, she died a few years ago of a heart attack. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) You didn't capture that thought. You let that thought go wild. So now you're saying, let me go ahead to the doctor and make sure I ain't having no heart attack. And then before you go to the doctor, next thing you hear was the husband said, I forgot to tell you. They say the breathing ain't the breathing wasn't quite right why is this idiot telling me all this I did not call my husband an idiot cause that is not me then the next thing you know you're saying dag my breathing ain't right you already received it so it was easy for your body to react that's fear unknown fear unknown Anything you don't know, you begin to fear because it's unknown. That's what the fear of the unknown is. Something that ain't made known to you become a fear. So you have the fear of the unknown, just like Job. Job said, the thing that I greatly feared and dread has come upon me. He didn't know what his children was doing, but he had a fear of it, and he wanted to make sure everything was so right before God that Job ended up letting fear come in his life and the things that he dreaded. He was rich, y'all. He had everything. The things that he thought about that could get taken away from him, one by one, they got taken away because he took the thought. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. So what God was doing was renewing, telling Joshua, their mind got to be renewed to let them know what they already have. What am I doing, y'all? I'm telling you what you already got. And if I'm telling you what you already got, you don't just go home and say, I tell you, apostles preached a good sermon. No, you got to think on those things that God has brought you today. You don't just go about your life because everything is good. But then when things get bad, now you want to talk about what was taught. He's given you these things for you to go back and search the scriptures for yourself and say, God, reveal unto me. Let there be light coming to me like it come to Apostle Amanda, like it come to the other teachers. So he told him, y'all got to see that y'all have Jericho, but catch this, catch this, y'all catch this. First thing you got to see that you have it before you even go into Jericho. Check it. Verse three. And you shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast, with ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the walls of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up, every man straight before him. Let me tell you what the Lord showed me. Now, remember, the first thing He said is, "You got to know Jericho is already yours. You got to know that Jericho, the kings, the whatever's in there." It's already, already given all that to you. Jericho is yours. So whoever is on Jericho, they got to go because it already belonged to you. But you got to go in there and you got to take care of Jericho, right? So he was telling him, this is how I want you to do it. He said, I want you to go around the wall of Jericho for six days, one time for six days. Six represent who? Man. I want y'all to catch this. It said on the sixth day, he created who? Man. So six was representing man, right? He said for six days, I want you to walk around it one time. One time for six days. What God was letting them know, I want your focus to be on when you're walking. Jericho belonged to me. The kings that in Jericho belonged to me. The mighty men of valor belonged to me. I want that to be in your mind while you're walking around Jericho. That's why I had to give them that first. You got to know you got authority. You got right over Jericho. But I want you to do it for six days walking around Jericho. Check this out, y'all. He told them, six days, walk around Jericho one time for six days and say nothing. Ooh, Jesus. You know why he told them to say nothing? He said, because I want you to focus. On what I said, that's called meditating on what I said, what belonged to you. And I want you to study to be quiet. See, you don't know what's going to go down, but I want you to trust me. So what God was letting them know, wait a minute, this is too easy. This is too easy. Okay, check this out. We're getting to the seventh day. He said, but on the seventh day, I want you to walk around the city seven times. But when you get to seven, I want you to shout. The seventh day, God rested. Because everything that God did, he didn't need to do no more. Creation was done so he could rest. What is God telling them? You are man. I am God. I want you to trust and depend on me. And I want you to rest on that seventh day. Because that city is going to be yours. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. But guess what God did? They was not by themselves. See, God wanted them to know what they had. The Ark of Covenant had to be with them. He's in you. Yeah. The hope of glory. So when you're going through strongholds in your mind, the power of God is already there to root up and tear down and to build up and plant. When the word gets deep in you, it roots up everything that's not like God. That's why the enemy don't want the life to be rooted in you. He don't want you to know what you have. So God was letting them know, you're not going by yourself. I'm going to be with you. You're a man. I need you. I have to be in you. I'm your temple. The Ark of the Covenant was there. We're the the Ark of the Covenant now. We're his body of believers. We're his temple. He's in us. So wherever we go, guess what? When we renew our mind, we're going to know what to shout out when we need to shout it out. Y'all don't get it. The problem is you shouting out stuff you don't know nothing about and you feel like you got to shout it out for it to work. It's already at work in you. So God is saying your minds have to be renewed to the point, first of all, that you know who you are. When you begin to know who you are, you're going to know how to act by knowing who you are. Nobody, You're not going to act out of character. You're not going to act out of who you are in him. You're going to do what the word of God tells you to do because you've been in the word. The problem today with people, they believe they're right when they're wrong. Because guess what? It's a stronghold there. A stronghold of belief that you believe is right and it's wrong. So if somebody's telling you the truth, you ain't backing off of what you believe because now you're prideful. There's a spirit of pride there and you don't want to come down and humble yourself and say, You know what? I could be wrong in what I'm doing. Let me seek the Lord. But don't just say you're going to seek the Lord. Come on, do it with your whole heart and say, God, there's something not right here. I've been going through in this area for far too long. What's wrong? And let me tell you what else the Lord gave me. Go with me to Nehemiah, the sixth chapter. Y'all, isn't God good? God know what to do and how to do it. Y'all know Nehemiah, he was building the wall back. And there had to be a wall that was built. Now, the reason why I'm going to close with this one is because once you find out what that stronghold is, you're going to go into the word of God and you're going to root it up with the word. You're building a wall there, okay? So the enemy cannot come back in that way. So what was happening in Nehemiah, the sixth chapter, it was um, some enemies coming against um, Nehemiah and building this wall. It was Sanballat, Tobiah, and Hashem, the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall. Now, Understand this, his enemies heard that the wall was built. Don't you know the enemy going to know when you're going into the word of of God to build a wall so he can't come in? The enemy going to know this. But guess what he said? He said, and there was no breach left therein. Those are cracks and breaches that the enemy can get in to defeat them. See, the enemy knew Ain't no breach here. The only thing they had left, he said. Though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, but there was no breach in the wall. See, the enemy is going to look for little things in your life, little openings that you have opened open up, so he can come in. And if he come in, that's how he end up defeating you through your thoughts, through your mind. So this is what he told um, Sam Ballard and the rest of them. Say, come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. See, Nehemiah knew. They wanted to meet with him. See, this is what the enemy does. He tried to be sweet. Come on, let us meet with you. Now, they're his enemies. But Nehemiah, he perceived. See, your perception have to be in alignment with the word of God. He perceived these enemies are trying to do mischief. So this is what he said. I love what he said. And I sent messengers unto them saying, I'm doing a great work. So that I cannot come down, so why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Let's get back. Remember Ricky and Patricia? The enemy kept telling her to come out. She come out of that strong tower, that safe place, right? Nehemiah knew, oh, no, you're not. I know you. The voice that I hear, I know God's voice and a stranger's voice. I'm not going to follow So what he said, I'm not coming down. God has given me a great work. So why should I leave this work and come to you? Can I ask y'all a question? Why are you coming out of who you are? Because somebody has falsely accused you. When you know that you ain't done nothing wrong, nothing don't need to be said. So he said, I'm not coming down. I'm not coming down from what God has given me. But guess what the enemy did? Then yet they sent unto me four times after this sort and I answered them after the same matter. How many times is the enemy going to come to you and say, you're not here. Why are you still having pain in your body? You're going to lose your house. You, you know, they done cut the hours on the job. How are you going to make it? The enemy going to keep coming with that. He going to keep coming with that. But what did Nehemiah do? Nehemiah sent the same word he sent before. Because that's what he believed. Let me ask you, when these thoughts are coming in your mind, are you bowing down to them? Or are you casting them down? Are you getting rid of them? Are you bringing them into captivity to the obedience of Christ? If you let these thoughts loose, guess what they're doing? They're gathering up more thoughts. And I'm going to tell you what happens. So then they sent Ballant, his servant, unto me in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. That letter in his hand had a bunch of lies in that letter. Wherein was written, it is reported among the heathen and it was that Gashma, Gashma said it that thou and the Jews think to rebel for which cause thou buildest the wall that they may, that you may be their king according to these words. So he was reporting stuff to people that they thought that Nehemiah was doing. How many of y'all is speaking lies that you think is right on people? They said, he's doing all this to be king. So they put this in the ears of the people and they kept putting it in their ears. And it said, and thou has appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem saying, there's a king in Judah. And now shall it be reported to the king according to these words. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. So they were telling Nehemiah the things that they were going around that they heard. They, this, someone put out this lie. So it was going around to people saying, this is what Nehemiah is doing. Thank God for discerning of spirits. Then I sent unto him saying, there are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. This is what this is. A figment of your imagination. This is part of your thinking. When you don't get rid of these thoughts that people are coming to you about what people said or what you think they said. It becomes true to you. You begin to imagine it. You begin to see it you begin to see something that's false become true that's a figment of your imagination Nehemiah said these are the things that you're thinking out of your own imagination out of your own heart for as a man thinking in his heart so is he so does he become if you don't get rid of this false stuff that's coming to your mind that ain't lining up with the word of God it builds a stronghold and people are telling you the truth and you don't want to hear the truth because the enemy don't want you set free but the ones that bow down to him and say, I really don't understand what you're saying, but I trust you enough to know that you're seeing what I don't see. So I humbly submit myself to the word that you're giving me, Lord. I'm ready to be delivered if I need to be delivered. These are strongholds in the church. How the strongholds come into church because you hear something that ain't true and you don't deal with it according to the word, so then you believe what somebody is saying, and then a little thing that may look like what they said is right, then you say that show sure was right about Renee. I see how she acting too. She's she's just acting terrible. She just don't do like she used to do. I mean Teresa hit the nail on the head. She said they ain't acting right. She just ain't acting like herself. That's what Teresa said. And it's getting around the church and everybody's saying, that is right. Y'all see how funny she looked when she come up in here? But somebody that know the Lord goes to Renee and says, Renee, how are you doing today? The Lord tells us that he's good no matter what we're going through. And no matter what's happening in your life, God told me to tell you that he loves you. And God already told me that the thing that you're going through, Jesus has already paid the price for. it. And Renee began to praise God and give God glory. And then Renee come up here and testify and say, y'all just don't know what I've been going through. The enemy's on every side. I can't rest at night. And Teresa be like, oh, Lord," And then Teresa be like, oh, no, she lying. She lying. She lined, the pastor went and talked to her, and now she up here telling y'all something different. I know her better than the pastor know her. Teresa got a stronghold in her mind because she let it build up based on what she thought. It's holes in this place. And the only way those holes are going to, and I have always told people this, when you don't get rid of a thought that don't line up with the word of God, that thought would get rid of you. If you do not capture that thought, I can hug on Jennifer Simpson all day long and say, Jennifer, I love you. I love you too, Apostle. Oh, Jennifer, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry we were like this. But I never got into the word. I just did it based on feeling. But a godly, sorrowful person will go in the word and say, what caused this? What made me think about Jennifer the way I'm thinking about Jennifer? What made me come up with this, the Holy Spirit, or speak then? Because you're ready to hear what he has to say and not what you're thinking. So the more I dig deep in the word, I can truly go back to her and say, I want to be honest with you. When I told you I was sorry, I didn't mean it. I just said it to be saying it, but I didn't mean it. But now I am truly sorry because the word of God has shown me, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So I got to be open and open. Un- that's when you know who you are, because you humbling yourself, you submitting yourself up under His mighty hand. I can't go to God and say, "God, I forgive," when I ain't dealt with what caused it. The Bible says, "If you got awed against a brother, you go to that brother." What part of that we don't understand? That ain't in Chinese, and I believe if it was in Chinese, and somebody was speaking Chinese, God will give somebody an interpretation of tongues and bring it to you. Because he wants you to know the truth. The problem in the church is there's not enough word. People are not in their word to live the life of Christ the way they need to live it. They're living it half hazardly. They're going in here with no revelation, no light of the word, and they're trying to live it themselves instead of living through the Holy Spirit, your helper. The more you live with the help of the Holy Spirit... We won't be hating each other for 20 years. Not even a day. Because I know who I am. So Nehemiah knew who he was in the Lord. He had a connection to God. Then y'all know after all of this, when Nehemiah told them, "This is a figment of your imagination. This is coming from the thoughts of your heart." They're going to have the audacity to send a prophet to him. Now he go a lying prophet. And the prophets say, they're going to slay you. But Nehemiah knew, God is my protection. Do you think I'm going to leave God's work and I know God's going to protect me? I'm not leaving this wall. Nehemiah didn't leave even when they sent the prophet. Because he knew, my enemies even use you to come against the work of the Lord. That's why I don't care what prophet come in town. If you don't know what the word of God is saying for yourself, you will bow down to anything because they got prophet in front of their name. And everybody that got prophet in front of their name don't mean they're a prophet. So that's why you need to know the word of truth, the word of God, and you need to live by truth. Houses are tore up because you got two people that are saying that they know the Lord and they're coming against each other because somebody don't have revelation of what the word of God says. That's why homes are broken up because when me and my husband, when I was serving God and he didn't know God, one thing that God did with this man, when God sent me to do something, he didn't get in my way. Oh God, lined that up. He was a Joseph. So God had to be dealing with him. He didn't get in my way. He said, that's what God is telling you. Then that's what you do with you in a home and you're having a disagreement, husband and wife, and you cannot agree together. That's division in that home. That is not God. God is not gonna let that go. If both of you in Christ, you have to come to a conclusion according to the word of God. You have to seek God while He can be found. That's separation. Anything outside of the will of God, you don't join into that. Cause it's not God. And if that person still ain't seeing what you have to do is saying father right now in the name of Jesus, I break that stronghold off of their mind. God allow them to see what your word is saying, because when you know what the truth is, you cannot make them know it, but you can begin to pray on their behalf, but you can't go along with what ain't right. So it's time church. It's time for the renewing of our minds for real. And quit being so suspicious. It's suspicion in the church. People got a wall up of suspicion. And sometimes when you're so suspicious, you're hearing what was not said. Because you're suspicious. All of this that I'm going over, tune in on Tuesday nights. Come to Clem. Because the things I've been teaching in Clem, Oh, Jesus, I believe all of us being whooped with that. I don't know about you, but I've been getting some whoopings. All of us is being whooped with what's being taught. Why? Because the enemy is trying to stir up stuff, to try to make y'all think that the word of God is not working effectually. So it's time to renew your mind to the point that you will know what's right and what's wrong. And until that time... (laughs) Don't be going to nobody when you don't know. Keep it to yourself until you can get right with God. What I'm saying is, you know you're supposed to go to your brother or sister. Because if you don't, the enemy is building walls in your mind. And the bigger the wall is, it takes a while to bring that wall down. So you become what you think, y'all. Let's stay hidden in him. And that's by knowing who we are now that we're in him. So, Father, I thank you that today's teaching, God, was all about you. It's not about us. So, Father, we want to live this life in Christ the way that we should live this life in Christ. So, Father God, I tear down pride, the walls of pride that have been built up in people's minds. I bind that right now in the name of Jesus. And I lose humility right now in Jesus' name. Because God is not about us, it's all about you. So God, whatever you will have for us to do, God, here we are, God, to do your will and not our will. And Father, as we get into the word of God, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, knowledge of you. I thank you that the eyes of our understanding, our heart, is being enlightened. So we will know what the, the hope of your calling is and what the riches of your glory and what the inheritance That you have for the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us. Which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your right hand in heavenly places. We thank you, Father God, that your word shall be hidden in us, God, so we will not sin against you. Open our eyes that we may see the wonderful things out of your law. God, we thank you and we praise you right now for unity in this house. We bind, Father God. We bind, God, where the enemy want to bring strife, where he want to bring division, God. And we lose oneness in this house in Jesus' name. And we thank you that you have begun a good work in here. And you shall finish that work even unto the day of Jesus Christ. I bind every form of witchcraft right now in the name of Jesus. I bind it in Jesus' name. And I thank you right now, Father God, that you're not about confusion, God, but you're about peace, God. And I thank you that, God, we shall love one another with the love of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you glory, honor, and praise, God. And thank you for coming in and healing the broken heart and binding up all of their wounds, God. And thank you that the word that we received on this day, God, that we will take it out with us, God. And we will meditate on it, God, to know, God, what you are saying unto us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.